Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Football Drop Podcast. It's not just any episode, is it, Ben? No, it's not. It's a Double Special. Double Special. It's our hundredth episode. That's mad, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely mad. This absolutely. is our longest series we've ever done. This is the longest series anyone's ever done. I think people are like, "Would you two just fuck off your break now?" <laughs> um, I don't know how we've managed to actually do a thirty-eight-week season, and we're on episode forty-six. Well, seven. I can tell you how. Go on. Well, we started before the season, and we've now finished after the season. Ah. So does that mean we're four off 52? That's generally what happens if you're at 48, yes. So that means we're four off a year? Yeah. Oh, wowzers. I know. We've been pretty good, haven't we? We're not going to make it, though. I think we've got, what, two episodes left after this one, and then we're off for a couple of I weeks. I think we've got one, haven't we? Oh, well, we're having this debate actually off air a minute ago, and I feel like with all of our conversations, they just go round and round in circles, and we end up going, oh, look, it's raining. <laughs> well, it has taken us 20 minutes to record this. <laughs> <laughs> One minute in, 20 minutes down. Yeah, yeah it's raining start. at the moment, though, ladies and gents. How's just life, you know. mate? How's life? Yeah, it's pretty good, mate. How's your injury? Pretty good. It's, it's not getting better. No. Um, I, I do feel it's a slight concern, so I'm going to see how it is by... So at the end of the week, but I am going to make an appointment with the doctors oh, okay. to get it checked because I don't have full movement in the in the little pinky, unfortunately. Okay. So I've got the spent on still, and yeah, it's really disappointing. I was hoping it'd be healed by now. I think it's healing in the wrong way. Okay. So my finger feels like it's slightly bent over where I've kept it wrapped up to the other one. So oh, it feels okay. like it's actually not merging, but sort of bending that way with it. Oh, so it's like fusing <clears> with the other one. Well, no, no, they're not fusing together because the oh. fingers are still separate. It's just going that way. Oh, sorry, I thought he was getting like webbed hands or something. You'd be quicker at swimming, though, wouldn't I? You would be quicker at swimming. You get to like you get fish. to your homeland of Sheppey. Oh, Contro. Oh, I've not been. You used to work there. No, I didn't. He did. He used I to w- cover. I cu- yeah, I went to yeah. All right. So yeah, you went there for work, did you? It, well, yeah. So you worked there. Well. You went there for work, therefore you worked there. Let's, Let's not just leave it at that. get down into the nitty gritty of that. Let's leave it at that. How are you? Yeah, buzzing, mate. Yeah, good. Got my new Arsenal t shirt on. You have. It's looking very good. And I must say, you're looking very trim at the moment. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, you are, genuinely. You've, uh, you've been working hard, haven't you? Well, arguably, yeah. I've been working harder than, than I once was, but not as hard as I did before that. Now, if you cut out it? those ham rolls. Right. Mate, I had a hand rub before I turned up here. It was banging. <laughs> it's the highlight of our unhighlight reel that we never release. Yeah, we will release that one day. We won't. <laughs> you we excited really for this won't. episode? Yeah, I am. This I is really am. this is arguably the best episode we've ever done. It's probably our most high-profile guest ever. It's the best episode we've ever done, and this is our hundredth. So we've saved the special, the best <clears> till one hundred. We have, and Joe, you know what this is for me? This is probably one of the most fascinating ones we've done. Like the insight and just the knowledge. Just the knowledge is there. The conversation flowed. It was just... Yeah, I, I loved it. I know we sat afterwards like, that That was good. That was good, that one. Yeah. And we got some shirt collection inspo coming up as well. Mm. So just in case if you didn't guess, we pre-recorded the episode and this is the yes, introduction yes, to the, what we're going to do for the episode. <laughs> so yeah, well done Ben for ruining that. 
I didn't know we was doing it. <laughs> should we should we go into it? Should we intro into it? Yeah, let's go into it. Pre-recorded. Here we go. Right, today we have got uh, an extra special guest. Uh, we've got someone who has worked for the Premier League, has met Premier League footballers, so she's far more important than what we are, um, unfortunately. I know we like to say we're important, but we're not, are we? Not at all. Not at no. all. You are. Um, so today we have the amazing Rebecca Louise Coles. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Extra special. I've never been called Extra that. Extra special. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you today? How's everything? I'm really well, thank you. Perfect. How are you today? Fantastic. Yeah, I'm yeah, hot. Good. hot today. It is oh, warm. It's been nice, isn't it? Caught the sun. Yeah, caught the sun. I mean, some of us haven't been on holiday to Ibiza, have we? So. <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> a season to go <laughs> have you got any more holidays but between now and the start of the new football season uh one more i've got a wedding in marbella uh nice. end of july nice. uh, which will be uh lovely and then that's me done well nice. we have those little international breaks come up and you think can i get a city break in the <laughs> and then that november's gone that's it because christmas is a no-go booking holiday yeah, well, I can imagine. imagine yeah boxing day every year yeah, so what, yeah, what happens kind of at Christmas then? Do you, obviously Christmas Day is not a, a boozy one, I imagine, then, for you. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> Even New Year. I mean, you normally get a choice between Boxing Day and New Year's Day, which is quite nice. So oh. you can either work one or the other, so it's not too bad. I mean, sometimes you, you do have to work both. It's football, it is what it is. Mm. But uh, sometimes you do get a choice, which is quite nice. So, um, yeah, okay. depends what you're doing, really. Fair enough. Um, so just for the, the listeners' perspective then, so if you could just tell us a bit about you and, and kind of what your what your role is then. So currently an assistant producer, reporter at Premier League Productions. Um, a lot of people think Premier League Productions is a TV channel. So I thought I'd just let everyone on know that it's, it's a content service provider. And basically we provide content to broadcasters around the world. Um, so you don't often see our stuff in the UK, but sometimes we do join up with BBC and Sky Sports and BT Sport, and they will take our content and show it on their channels. But if you head to America, you'll find us on NBC. If you head to Africa, you'll find us on Supersport over there. And, and the list goes on with broadcasters. It's it's pretty extraordinary, you know, the amount we put across the world. It's, it's absolutely incredible, to be honest. Um, so my role at PLP, is obviously producer slash reporter so my day-to-day really isn't a day-to-day it could be it could be anything really but I plan lots of content with you know amazing people in my team we plan content for you know stories around the players around the managers and fun interviews they can do whether it be at the training ground or you know taking them somewhere that of interest to them you know whether it be Oh, we take them to, you know, new signings, we take them to the beach and do something, you know, you've got players that love animals, we try and get them out with walking their dogs and stuff, just to kind of provide that kind of new content that's, you know, not kind of wall-to-wall match review kind of questions, if that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, I think that's something that I think we would love to do. As a yeah, could you imagine? Like, living, amazing. Living pretty much every football fan's dream there, getting to see meet everyone and just just have a laugh and just I'm sure like the stories are amazing and I'm sure we'll kind of get into that as well but how did you get into that from from uh, was it like from a young age was it something you was like this is what I want to do I appreciate there's probably a slight parental influence there <laughs> just only a little bit <laughs> just a tiny bit um, as I've told you both I, I grew up in a football household my dad was a goalkeeper now goalkeeping coach um, I never got to see him play because he basically he got a really bad injury just before I was born. Um, so I, prob- I probably must have seen him play when I was really young, but can't remember. So my first memories of him was being a goalkeeping coach. Um, so I guess my first real memories were him being at Southampton because he started in the academy and went into the first team. So I was telling someone this at work the other day that in a six weeks holiday, if we didn't have childcare, my dad would take us into training with him. And oh, wow. everyone was laughing about this because of course now that's that's definitely not a thing. Like you don't take your kids to work. <laughs> no, we would be in the canteen with colouring books. And, you know, after his training session, if he needed the balls back from the pitch across the road, he would send me and my sister to go and collect wow, them. There we go. We found so, the reason. 
<laughs> that was my six weeks holidays. But I remember Sky Sports being down there and interviewing the players in the summer and all that kind of buzz. And obviously Southampton probably had the tiniest media team back then. And I just remember watching them interview the players and I thought, oh, I'd love to do that one day. And, and you know, just growing up and, and going to games and, and being down the tunnel and watching all the post-match kind of happen. And, and I think I just grew to love it even more just then. And I was never going to be good enough at school playing football. You know, I'm still terrible now. At least I'll admit it. But <laughs> also growing up at school, girls playing football sadly really wasn't a career and it was never an opportunity. I mean, even me saying I want to be, you know, a sports reporter, they were a bit like, mm, yeah, you know, let's think wise choices here. Um, but yeah, so I think that was my first real memories and, and growing up. So I went to a college and studied English and media and all that kind of stuff. Went to Kingston University. As soon as I left university, I just did as much work experience as possible because that is so important. That's what I tell everyone now. Just do as much work experience as you can because it's so, you know, it's, it's everything really. Those little bits you learn going along. Um, yeah, I could tell you some stories about being a work experience. Like, I'll be if it, I mean, we, um, we've got the time. Yeah. I'm sure people will love a story or two if you're up for it. <laughs> One story I did a work experience at Soccer AM, and I remember on my first day I was handed a wig uh, for Rocket. Do you remember Rocket? He yeah, used to yeah. do all the gig gags, and he handed me a wig and said, Oh, I really need all the knots brushed out of this so I can wear it at the weekend. And I nearly spent the whole day just brushing out this wig. No. <laughs> But that's the start of things, isn't it? That's we start learning <laughs> oh, things. <laughs> but yeah, wow. that was one of one of my very first work experiences. But you know, these things they set you up for life, and you kind of laugh about them now because <laughs> I think these things would happen now. But at the same time, <laughs> I bet they do. Work. Yeah, guarantee they do. So they claim it as it builds character, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, starting from the bottom. But honestly, like. It, do you know what as well it was the best fun working on a show like that especially like what it was back then it was just everyday fun I mean if getting paid to work on that show must have been incredible but um yeah, yeah val work experience was va it, valuable for me mm -hmm. uh, I did stuff in newspapers and radio and then I finally kind of found a job at Premier League Productions I went in as like a production coordinator which is kind of setting up the shoots and all of that kind of stuff and then I kind of you know I spoke to a producer and I said look I'd love to move over to editorial side which is obviously you know being on shoots and interviewing the players and then um I had a really great boss uh, back then who's out sky Nia Wynn Thomas and she basically gave me my opportunity and I'm still there six years six years on now wow six years that's six amazing years. that is absolutely amazing um so what's your what, what's the sort of favorite part of of your job then what's the I, I can appreciate the highlight is every day but what's like the, the most favorite part for you do you, know, do you know what? It's half planning and it's half getting on on the shoot of, of whatever you've planned. You know, the planning part is brilliant. You're sitting in a room full of people with different ideas. You bounce off each other. And sometimes you go around these down these really silly roads of like, oh, we could do that. Or we're taking it too far here. You know, maybe we need to make a U-turn. And, yeah. and it's just a lot of fun because you're working with like some of the most creative people in the business. And um, yeah, and then when a shoot really comes together and an interview really works and you kind of sit in that edit and it's all coming to life with the graphics and all that kind of stuff, it's probably the best part of the job when it all kind of finishes and it goes out on, on socials and YouTube and other broadcasters take it and people are loving it. I think that's probably the biggest buzz I get from it. Perfect. So it's seeing, seeing what you've all planned all come together and how that comes together and then you see it all in action. That sounds amazing. And and seeing the player enjoy it there's nothing like seeing the player laughing and joking about because that's what people want people want to see the other side of the player that they don't get to see on the pitch and that's kind of really what we want you know we want to share with people yeah so who would you say is the the funniest interview you or the funniest interview you've had funniest almost memorable uh, do you know, when, so obviously when we went into lockdown, it was a massive change for us. We were all living off Zoom, Teams, you know, it was just a wild time of life, wasn't it? Mm. And this, so these shirts are, my, well, one of these shirts are mine, the rest of my part, my boyfriend's. Okay. Um, 
So let's get that clear because I mentioned this in another interview and he was a bit cross that I told <laughs> Sean Dyche in a press conference because obviously on press conference we had, we were at home. Yeah. So Sean Dyche was like, oh, look at Rebecca's shirts. And I was like, oh, yeah, hello, Sean. These are mine. <laughs> and it kind of went a bit viral. And my boyfriend was like, hold on a minute, they're all mine. And I was like, well, the Salah one's mine, but the rest are yours. <laughs> so, Which one's yours? So, uh, I've got Mo Salah up the, up the top, um, which is my favourite because I love Mo Salah. Um, so yeah, they are they are mostly his. So I do have a collection, but they're up in the loft because the frames don't match his, which is just fabulous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> old problems here. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But yeah, so in in COVID, you know, we we were doing everything from home. This became my new. You know, it looks like a YouTuber background, which I found hilarious. Um, and I'll it's something honest, I'm quite jealous of it. I can yeah, me too. Because yeah. we've, we've started our own sort of mini collection, but we haven't done signed shirts. Like, we're not quite at that level yet. So, like, I've bought a couple of signed shirts over the years, but we've been buying sort of random kits, haven't we? Mm. So, any what kits? Ra- what random kits have you got? Um, so, you've got a Santos shirt, haven't you? Yeah, shout Is it the Iceland home kit? Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Mysteryshirts.com or something like that. Matt turned up in that. Um, I've got a Celtic one. We're both Arsenal fans, so we've got tons of Arsenal shirts, as you can imagine. Um, what other random ones have we got? Oh, I don't know. Like, there's so many now, aren't there? There's a couple of odd ones. We've got like a list of all like the nice shirts that we want. Uh, there's an old England shirt. Oh, we've got a couple of old England shirts already. Mm. So there's one or two more there. Um, there's the old Fiorentina one with the old Nintendo logo on. Back in oh, the day no. when they were sponsored. <laughs> Uh, just like some of the most beautiful kits I think we've ever seen. Mm. Um, the Nigeria one's on order, I think, now. Yeah, I really want that one. So we need to get that one. So yeah, there's a couple of random ones. but yeah, You need so. a wall. A wall full of shirts, that's what you both need. That's exactly yeah, what I think, for. <laughs> exactly. I think what we're going to do is get like a hanger behind us. Because um, I'm yeah. going to change rooms soon. So we're going to go into like, the, the smaller rooms. It'll be just up for our little studio. So we'll get like, all the rails. We'll just have all of our shirts on so we can just sort of change the backgrounds up. Mm. Yeah, so, love that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, sorry, <laughs> no, continue. Just getting carried away. <laughs> um, so I remember, um, so obviously we were logging in and the media team, the other side were logging in with the player. So you'd like kind of log in, the player was just like there. And, you know, you have about 10, 15 minutes with the players. So you really have to get on with it. There's no, like when you're in real life, you have time to chat. Like how was training? You know, that kind of, you, you get time to warm them up. Mm. But on Zoom, it was really like, right, let's roll. So you were like, oh, okay, right. First question kind of thing. Oh, let's do this. And I remember uh, Aston Villa and I remember the um, Tommy Jordan, who's a communications guy there. He turned, turned it on. Emmy Martinez, the other side. And um, I so he's come on and he's kind of like looking like, I said, hi, Emmy, how are you? And he's like still looking like obviously at the wall in the background. So I was like, oh, this is a bit awkward. <laughs> I said, are you OK? And he was like, yeah, like, can't see my shirt on your wall. And I, was like, <laughs> um, I was like, I've got Ben Foster. And he was like, yeah, but it's not me, is it? You haven't got the best goalkeeper on your wall. And if I don't oh, years later, like, he'd go on to win the World Cup. I mean, I think I might have got hold of it. <laughs> But the whole interview, he was like, like, because we we did a whole interview on goalkeeping, and he's so passionate about it and what he's going to do after. You know, he retires, he wants to set up a goalkeeping school back in Argentina, and all this lovely stuff. But every question, he was like, yeah, yeah, but you still haven't got my shirt up on your wall, and you know, I can't be your favourite goalkeeper because you haven't got my shirt up on my. So every question, he was just answering. <laughs> I was a bit like, Emmy, I've got to make a feature out of this, like. The whole world was just crying, and my boyfriend at the time he was in the next room. He's like, "What went on?" And I was like, "You're just so cross. I didn't have a shirt up on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your wall, if anything, your wall is your fault. It's your fault. Yeah, blame him." So now every time I see him at games, he's like, "I'll get my shirt for you," but he never does. He just he just goes off home and never comes back. So oh. it's an on-running joke now for a few years but i'll get i'll get my get your shirt and i was like okay me and he never does <laughs> so after this we'll tweet him and be like look rebecca's still waiting for, you, for her shirt one day we'll have one as well cheers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. well can we have one please yeah, be our first one there you go right in the center okay. he'd, love that. he'd love that <laughs> 
Is there so? Is there anyone that you've met who's sort of I don't know been a bit starstruck or been in awe of or anything like that? Do you know what I? You know, this is not me bragging it anywhere. I've been around footballers my whole life, mm. and from a really really young age. And my dad pretty much drummed it into me from day one. Like, don't be starstruck. These people are humans. Like, speak to them like normal people. So I've never really had the chance to go like, oh god, there's you know, I've never met Ronaldo by the way. But like, oh god, like there's Ronaldo or anything like that. I've always gone like, here's a human. Like, you know, mm. goal scorer. But I. I I think probably the only person like recently because I like I'm obsessed with him because he's just incredible Mo Salah and we did like an ultimate sit down interview where he basically he's got eight goals in front of him and he picks his ultimate Premier League goal and you know as soon as he walked in the room he was just like shaking everyone's hands and he was charming and uh, you could see everyone in the room like oh god he's just amazing and everything about him he had time you know nothing was too much you know as he left he thanked everyone you know just stuff like that you know you just think oh that's that's everything you want in a footballer like there's nothing more than he just acknowledged everyone in the room the camera operators you know the producers that everyone in the room, he said hello to and you know you couldn't ask for more when you turned up to when you turn up to an interview like that and so for you then, was that why like the his, his shirt is so special to you, just because he's just a nice guy? Do you know what? I, when he went to Chelsea and he didn't do much, I, I, I took a bit of a liking to him then and I thought, oh, I just feel sorry. And then when he came back to Liverpool, he the, like his first game, he was straight back in my fantasy team. Yeah. And then from that day when he started scoring, I was like, this is the king. And I remember there was a guy in the office called Chris at the time and he was like you need to stop putting Salah in your team like it's not going to last and honestly still still to this day I don't have a season where I don't have Salah in my team I was gonna say it's lasted five seasons now isn't it or I six know seasons. <laughs> what I mean so yeah so I've always just had a soft spot for him but but obviously meet, meeting someone like that in, in person because you do hear a lot of stories in football you know like so-and-so didn't have enough time or he said he had five minutes or whatever but honestly he had all the time in the world and he was just so charming and, and just lovely. Mm. We had that with Clinton Morrison, didn't we? He was yeah. just like oh, the best. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's so he's a, charity. He, yeah, we so we met him. Was it a charity football game? Was yeah, last yeah. Year? Um, and he didn't have to. He, he turned up late, blessing for the game. So he was stuck in traffic, and he after the sort of after the game, we just sort of collared him by the changing room. And it was one of my old area managers from like, my first ever job that I've sort of kept in touch with. Sort of was helping organise it and stuff. He's like, come, you can meet him if you want. He's like, what? He's like, Morrison. Like, you're joking. Like, he's on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's on Sky Sports every weekend. This is amazing. Um, yeah, met him, and he, he was chatting away for what twenty minutes or so. Yeah, for eight. He had so much minutes. time for us. Yeah, everybody on the pitch. So he was going around shaking everybody's hands and like, yeah, yeah, he's walking great. up and down, clapping everyone, and he just you could tell he just really enjoyed himself. So, yeah, like, a similar sort of feeling, I guess, to to what you've experienced with Salah. Yeah. Just that he's yeah. just such a nice guy. Yeah, Clinton's in the Premier League productions quite a lot in the office. And even in the... Yeah, yeah, he does stuff for us too. So he's in the office quite a lot. And even like after shows are finished, you'll find him somewhere chatting to someone about something. (laughs) You know, like some people, they head off home, but you will always find him somewhere laughing or joking. Like you'll always hear him. Yeah. But yeah. He's got a very distinct laugh, isn't he? Yeah. He's a lovely guy. He's just got time for everyone, which... As I said before, like you just can't can't ask for more when people are like that. Mm. No, no, absolutely not. If you two have met anyone that you think, oh, I'm just starstruck, footballer wise. Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. We've met a few, haven't we? So, I think uh, maybe one of the old Arsenal boys, like Paul Merson. When we met Paul Merson, like that was pretty special. Yeah, so I mean, I met so I've I've met Merson a few times at sort of like the evenings with and stuff. So I've met him two or three times. He's he's fantastic. But I think the biggest one for me in awe was actually not a footballer. It was Frank Bruno. So we oh. did sort of an evening with with him, and like obviously like his boxing day was way before my time when I sort of like followed it and things. But I think it wasn't just him himself, but the sheer presence of him. Like shook my hand and stuff. And his hand's bigger than my head. But the guy <laughs> was just so nice and so polite to everyone. Obviously, he's got another another guy with a really distinct laugh as well. But he, you could tell he just really enjoyed himself, and sort of sat down with him after, and you know had a pint with him and just had a good chat. Um, and that I just sort of come out thinking, my God, I just met Frank Bruno. 
Like he used to be the heavyweight champion of the world. He could crush me with one hand. Like he's honestly, his hand was just huge. But that's a lot. You got a lot of the, head as well, haven't you? Like you got a yeah, big oh yeah, head, yeah, thanks, so. mate, yeah. Big, big round head that I've got apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's that's probably the biggest awe for me, rather than a footballer. Was mm. you Merson? I think so. Yeah, because I just grew up watching Merson. I love, I love Merson. Yeah. I think when you grow up watching someone and you meet them, they they say never meet your heroes, don't they? As well. Um, yeah. But when someone and they're lovely, you're just like, this is what life's about. Yeah. Yeah, where'd you go from there, though? <laughs> You're sort of at the summit, that is peak life. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry, I'm just losing track of where we are here. I know we had a, a few sort of scripted questions. Um, do you want to move on? To, oh, we can kind of get rid of that one now. Um, okay, so football team-wise, I know obviously we spoke off air. So we, we thought we had done our research. <laughs> and we were pretty pretty certain as we normally are we are certain on something and actually the truth is something completely different yeah I mean if, <laughs> if you listen back to a couple of our episodes before the end of the season we knew who was going to get relegated um, and all three were completely wrong and promoted into the Premier League as well yeah we, all three we, of who those did we were pick um, Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough and Coventry I think oh, yeah, yeah. and yeah neither of them obviously went up so um, but Football team-wise, we were under the assumption you supported Southampton, but you politely and funnily corrected us, <laughs> um, and basically just called us idiots, which is fine. <laughs> I think I get as idiots. <laughs> you implied, but we, we get it, and we can't really argue with that. Um, so if you don't mind just sharing the story of who you kind of support at the moment, um, and explain why some football fans would probably say, you can't ever change your team, it's one team for life, <laughs> but you have an exception. <laughs> Do you know I've never known any different, and I think I, I think that's what I envy of of other people that have grown up, you know, diehard supporting a team. Like my friend Liv Bazaglo, you might know her. She she presents at Premier League and does various other things. She's I always say to her, you must bleed blue. I've never known a Chelsea fan as big as her. Like she okay. lives at that club. Like if you ever catch her on a night out. Or anywhere, she'll like guaranteed she'll be speaking about Chelsea. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Like whatever it is, you'll find us talking about Chelsea. And you know, there's fans like her, and I think, oh, I would have, I would have loved to have just stuck to one club growing up as a kid. But you know, we don't all have that choice, and that's fine. But I think growing up and having my dad in football and being a goalkeeper and going on to be a goalkeeping coach, you know, football is. Football is a weird one because, you know, you can be at a club one day and be sacked the next. And I never really knew that until I kind of got a bit older. And uh, my first kind of memories with was dad at Southampton as a goalkeeper coach. And he was there for so many. He must have been there for about oh, maybe seven, eight years. So, you know, in my head, he was there for the rest of his life. And you know, managers change. You you know, they bring in their own staff, and all of that kind of happens. And and he was actually sacked on Christmas Eve. You know, wow. they ruined oh. Christmas at one point. You know, that's you know, it's hard to take. Um, you know, and that's the brutality of football. You know, you can be there one day and gone the next. And I don't think there's another an, any other job in the world where you know you can be good at your job, you know, one week and you lose a few, and that's it, gone. Christ, um, yeah. that's and that's just that's what happens. And, you know, he come, you know, he's out of work for a couple of months and all of a sudden he moved over to Portsmouth. And for oh, me, dear. you know, I know a lot about football rivalries, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> growing up, you, know, you support Portsmouth now. Here's your shirt. So and that, and that was how, you know, I was brought up different shirts all, all the time. But okay. and you know what the thing is, you know, I would not change it for the world because I've you know, my whole childhood, I've been through some of the best moments in football that not a lot of people will experience. You know, Dad was there and with Harry brought him in, basically. And, and he was there in the time of, you know, the great escape. Mm. You know, here they brought in, you know, you know, Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe and David James. You know, it's like Solomon Tari in the team. Oh, um, my God, I forgot about Montari. Yeah team you know Nico Kranjkar that you know that was an unbelievable team at the t that time mm. you know they you know they made the great escape they won the FA Cup in 2008 and that whole you know that whole experience of you know I'd go to the games deck gate every week mm. um the FA Cup was a whole new level beating Cardiff on that Saturday 
and and yeah just experience moments like that with different teams is is really quite something um i mean i watched harry redknapp drop the fa cup trophy as well i don't think anyone would ever experience really? that he's <laughs> had a few drinks but you know it's just stuff like that and i think i'm honestly because of his career and you know journeys he's taken i'm really i'm really blessed to have been part of that and the memories mm. you know those kind of things end he went to west ham after that with avram grant and you know spent a season there you know that didn't go very well as everyone knows about avram grant and and yeah the, from then he spent a few years in uh, the uae at al jazeera okay. so al jazeera mm. they got the same owners as man city so he went out there for a couple of years come back and he was at bristol city for a really long time for about five years so i really embedded myself in that club for quite a while and you know they got promoted the jpt final like you know it his passion for football and, and especially goalkeeping like I've, I've never I've never known someone that works as hard as him and just seeing him getting up and enjoying his job every day it kind of made me want the same thing and I think that's why I was like oh football is just enjoyable and it is but there is a lot yeah. of there is a lot of ups and downs in it as, as you know with the sackings and you know losing and that kind of bits and, and all those behind the scenes stuff that no one really thinks about mm. um but otherwise, yeah, he's he's basically gave me my passion for football and, and love of goalkeeping as well. Um, so, yeah, I've really got him to thank, really. Um, so, yeah, my my, my fiancé is currently head of operations of scouting at Southampton at the moment. So that's why I've still got a, a big tie to the club. Um, and Dad's currently at Bristol Rovers with Jerry Barton. Wow, amazing. <laughs> Have so you met he, Jerry yourself yet? No, I haven't actually. I've been to a few games, but I've never met him. But I've met all of like his his staff and everything, and who are lovely. But I've never met him. But Dad just says he's. I mean, goalkeepers are quite crazy. They're they're a really weird breed of footballer. Footballer. If you've ever interviewed a goalkeeper, you'll know that they've all got these little quirks about them, mm. and there really is something to a goalkeeper that no other player has on a pitch. I don't know what it is. Um. So Dad's a bit crazy, as everyone would would like to point out. Um, so he probably fits in really well with Joey. <laughs> I say I'm, I'm sure Barton's got some stories, isn't he? I'm oh, sure yeah. he's got a lot of stories. Um, <laughs> I just think some of the decisions you've seen him make, it's well, who knows, who knows. Um, you could do a great podcast with him, I'm sure. <laughs> Joe, what? Well, I'll uh, we'll, we'll try and reach out to him, shall we, and see if we can get Barton on. Let's see. I'd probably just say, do you want to do it in the pub or something? Just yeah. Chat around the pub and see how he is. You know, have, is that have, right? exactly have a few beers lighten up loosen up there's no pressure <laughs> we don't want to take it too seriously and see how it goes um totally. uh, do you know what? we're gonna do that after this we'll reach out we'll see what we can do we'll say look rebecca was telling us all about it um, and <laughs> work with his dad so we can just get them together see what happens um, do it. So, so i just want to go on to the, the sort of Southampton side obviously because your other half uh is there at the moment obviously you've still got them and in, in, in your heart a little bit now um, obviously, the the unfortunate relegation uh, was was crap. Obviously, after so long in the, in the Premier League, of course. How do you think they're going to do next season? I think they'll come. They'll bounce back next season. I think sometimes when you're in the Premier League for so long, and you know the se- season before last, when Ralph Harson, who was was still there as manager, it probably didn't go to plan as as they wanted it to. And I think Ralph really embedded himself in the club. You know, he had this playbook that kind of took players from the academy into the first team. And, you know, every player from the academy to the first team lived and breathed, you know, his philosophy. And I think it worked for a certain amount of time. And and I think when you start losing and, you know, you do lose that kind of mentality in the changing room and things become a bit sour and, you know, guess what happens, isn't it? Managers get sacked. Mm. Um, and obviously Nathan Jones came in at a really awkward time of, you know, the Winter World Cup and half the squad were there, half weren't. So half managed to bond with him and half didn't, you know, and the results really didn't go his way at all. And I think I think I think it's the media speculation a lot around Nathan Jones of, you know, who is he? What has he done? You know, that kind of I don't think that helped him either. And I feel quite sorry for him, if, if I'm honest with you. And I think he came up with some crazy stuff in the press that he probably didn't need to. Yeah, I was going to say, like, some of the comments was just bizarre. Yeah, I just don't think they helped. Yeah. But one minute he's you know, sort of talking about himself, which, you know, you've got to have a bit of confidence. And I appreciate footballers and, and managers have got to have, you know, a little bit about you and a bit of grip between your teeth. 
But the next yeah. thing was sort of talking about you know, what he was doing with Luton years ago, which is great and it is a, a fantastic achievement, but you're, you're not there now, you're at Southampton and you're yeah. in the midst of a relegation battle. You, you're yeah. desperate for points. Don't yeah. care what you did two, three, four years ago, whatever it was, just get the players yeah. playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a difficult time for him to come in, I think. So I think, yeah, and then obviously Ruben took over as well and the players took to him, obviously, because he'd been there for so long, but just one of those things I think when you've got teams around you that are a lot stronger you've just got no chance of surviving that at all no and I think you know from some of the games that we sort of caught I know we watched a few obviously you know at the pub and things um you know Southampton seem to be playing some good football in, in some of the games in the I game mean, against Arsenal yeah I mean they were absolutely Both destroying us yeah uh, which was it was just an embarrassment for, to be honest watching but at the same time you sort of admire what they were doing um but yeah, it's just yeah, just one of those you know unfortunate scenarios. But yeah, fingers crossed they do come back up because it's going to be a bit of a weird season without Southampton because they've always yeah. been Arsenal's bogey team. Like, I always look for their fixtures after you look at obviously the Tottenham games and things. Like that. That's the first one you look at. But you always look at Southampton and think, oh, where are we going to drop points this season then? Because <laughs> it's always them. Was it them on Boxing Day a few years ago? It was four 0 wasn't it? About three, four seasons ago, I think. And it's just like, oh, for God's sake. So one of the few games I've just turned off after a while. Just can't bear to watch anymore. Yeah, it's going to be a strong season in the championship, though. I think. Mm, absolutely, there's some there's some big teams in there now. Yeah, yeah, and even like Coventry, kind of coming out of nowhere in the end, you know, from it's the start. Yeah. Is it amazing to see? I mean, from the start of the season, there's no way you would have put them in the playoffs. No way. No. Even Middlesbrough, you know, the way they were playing the first half of the well, first what 15 games or so. You know, they were nowhere near it. And then all of a sudden, Michael Carrick's, you know, turned them around. Yeah, he's done unbelievable. I mean, I would have really liked them to come up. But I think we, I think you knew Burnley were going to come up as soon mm-hmm. as they company. I think you knew. He brought in a good load of players as well. And even some of the players he still had there were great. You've got like, like, likes of Josh Brownhill. You know, you had leaders there in the camp, no matter what. So you kind of knew they were coming up. But yeah, it was a high the- turnover of players, wasn't it? Was it 12 or 14 players, I think he yeah, yeah, and obviously Nick. To gel together. Yeah, that's it. But he's done really well. But the the first Premier League game of the season, Burnley Man City. Oh, yeah. it's written, it was written, wasn't it, for company to go to, to <laughs> City. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. As soon as mm. that fixture, I thought that's just brilliant. Guardiola and company on the touchline. Incredible. What do you think? What's your thoughts for next season? Then, what, what are you thinking? <sighs> I don't know. You know. I generally thought Arsenal were going to win it next last season. Yeah, so did we. Yeah, you know we were we were you know halfway through the season we're planning it'll work for you guys to win and then mm. Man City kind of come you know you were leading points wise. Yeah. And you know Man City were you know they were playing great football but kind of weren't catching up to you at a point. Um. Yeah. I don't know. You you can never call it, can you? You can never call it every season. Do, do you think Man City will just start to run away? more and more or do you think there are teams that can catch them they've got Haaland haven't they mm. Haaland just unbelievable mm. it you know he's just yeah we did a we did an ultimates with him at the end of last season and even you just look at him and you're just like he's just an absolute beast to look mm. at just everything about him is just you know he looks up <laughs> his body but like he's a player you kind of look at and go this he's just an absolute machine mm. Yeah, he really is. He's not human, is he? He's, he's really so not. tall. He's so powerful, but he's, you know, he, he's well built from what what obviously you see from, you know, videos and interviews and things. That obviously, you guys have you met him yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he, you know, he doesn't look particularly muscly. No, but it's just his height and it's just the way he uses his body. Really, I think, and he's spoken about that a lot in interviews. Is the way he uses his body. Mm. In, in the games and he knows it he knows I think, it I think it was but Phil other... Foden's son called him a girl didn't he did you see the video, <laughs> that video no yeah, he came up behind him and he looked at him and said oh I thought he was a girl <laughs> <laughs> Phil Foden's son literally stole the show didn't yeah. he like, really she did quite well bless him 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be like the next England footballer in years to come and all these little videos will come out and people will be like, do you remember when he did this? <laughs> Absolutely. Holland will still be banging 40 goals a yeah. season at that point yeah. as well. Yeah. And he'll Such be up front with him. Yeah, oh, can you imagine? God, he's dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. Hey guys, here at the Football Drop Podcast, we'd love to hear all your comments, feedback and funny stories. If you'd like us to share them on the pod, please email us at footballdroppodcast at hotmail.com. Thank you. Um, so I just want to move on to sort of a, a more in-depth topic. I know we sort of covered it briefly, uh, obviously, when, at, at the beginning of this. So women's football, obviously you, you were playing football when you were younger as well. Um, admittedly, you said you wasn't particularly good at it. Um, what position did you play and, and at what sort of level did you play? Do you know what a school they they were all all the PE teachers were always like oh you know your dad's a goalkeeper you go and goal and you know I'm not the tallest and I'm not the strongest and I always used to get chucked in goal but I actually enjoyed playing it up in defence more instead okay. I did try and that more than being a goalkeeper and um, just dive diving like you've really got to be a special type of person to want to chuck yourself on the ground <laughs> and I said dad all the time like you've got to be some kind of person to want to die yeah I watched my dad's my, my dad can't massively dive anymore like he used to but mm. when he does I'm like doesn't that hurt you know just some of the positions they end up in just it's, it was just never for me but yeah I used to get chucked in goal a lot at school um but yeah defense was more me but I was I, I knew I was never going to be anything you know and and also when I was at school they were never pushing you could never be a woman's footballer like that was never a thing which is just a real shame but I'm so glad now that girls can now grow up and go I can go and win you know the world cup I can win the euros you know be the next Chloe Kelly Leah Williamson like and now it's 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 so amazing to see girls with you know Williamson and Kelly on on their back absolutely yeah I mean the growth of women's football has, has been nuts um, especially I think the, the Lioness is obviously winning the tournament has, has obviously blown it up hugely I know there's been sort of like record numbers for uh, like the Arsenal ladies team obviously played at the Emirates playing at Wembley the games have been obviously sellouts and things mm-hmm. so you know it's, it's onwards and upwards really from, from that perspective um, and obviously as you said as well having you know role models there uh, obviously Jill Scott arguably as well um, even mm. from America you've got um, Alex I can't remember her, her surname um, so women's football are there so you've got obviously Megan Rapino, obviously they are big spokespeople for, for women's football over there as well so I think you know eventually they're going to be playing in, in the stadiums you know Old Trafford playing at Emirates playing at Stamford Bridge constantly so I think you know the, the only way is, is up from there um, but is there is there enough going on for you at the moment to promote women's football do you think there needs to be more investment you know from from the bigger clubs you know bigger men's clubs historically to to sort of boost their women's team a bit further perhaps yeah I think there'll always need to be a bit more promotion and there's still lots of more work to do I think I mean I mean it's nice that a lot of the teams now are part-time they're full-time and the funding is there you know girls aren't having to work two jobs anymore which which is amazing but obviously you know with the with Reading going down um last day of the season as well not last day of the season they had the points deduction but you know their their women's team has now gone to part-time and you kind of think you kind of wish there was funding there to kind of keep those women in full-time roles at the club and it's a shame that kind of that's the first cut they make when you know 
things don't go the way at the football club, which which I think is a real shame. So I still think there is a lot of more work to be done from the FA side of things. But but coverage wise, I think it's getting better. You know, Sky Sports have done unbelievably the last couple of seasons, I think, with their coverage. Caroline Barker's really, you know, flown the flag for women's football on, you know, their Sky Sports show. And I think it's been, it's been great to watch. Yeah, I think the quality has has improved drastically, and whether that is, you know, there's more money being ploughed into it, so you can invest obviously at grassroots or you know at that sort of middle level, perhaps. I'm not sure. Um, but I think mm. people, Ian Wright, who's obviously a huge advocate of the women's game, I think from a, a, a more sort of male perspective of football fans, it's brilliant to see it. It does draw your attention, you know, especially mm. as you know us as Arsenal fans. I we both love variety as well, don't we? Mm. You know, seeing that you you do end up it's almost clickbait at times when he does share things. Because you want to yeah. see what it's about. You're following, you know, childhood heroes and things like that as well. Having all this sort of high-profile attention, I think it's only it's only better yeah. for the game, really. Yeah. Have you seen his granddaughter as well? Yes, Absolutely she's ripping it up, isn't she? Literally, I can't stop watching some of the training footage of her. Her feet are so quick. Yeah, I know. Just, I mean, there's she's, just so she's gonna. It's in their blood, obviously, but she's gonna be the next best best thing, honestly. Absolutely. She's going to be a baller like uh, like her granddad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it runs in the family, doesn't it? Do you, yeah. do you do you do a lot of coverage of women's football, or or are you mainly sort of focusing on the men's side? We are Premier League, so we only focus on the men's side. Um, whether that changes in a few years, who knows? But we are only on the men's side. Mm. But but we do basically, you know, if International Women's Day, when when International Women's Day comes up, we do try and kind of collab with the women's teams. So we'll get, you know, someone from the Premier League and someone from the WSL to kind of come together and have those chats about, you know, women's football and and kind of mix it up on there. So when we do get that opportunity, we always take it. Perfect. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah, no, it sounds good. It is, it is good, like having more live football, more live coverage. I think that's something that we've spoken about quite a lot on this podcast, isn't it? And we mm-hmm. we spoke to one of the one of the ladies' managers last week, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it is just just goes to show just how much is being put into women's football and how and how that's sort of coming coming along, which is great to see. And I enjoy it. You know, more coverage, we can watch more football, which is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, more football on TV the better for us. <laughs> you know, the off season is no. just absolute hell. You know, it's just nothing to do. So, well, I mean, we're just we're running the mill fans at the end of the day. You know, we do a podcast of things just to have a bit of a rant and a bit of a moan from time to time. Um, but yeah, trying to actually watch football, it's like, oh, there's nothing on today. What do we do? Just twiddle <laughs> our thumbs. <laughs> Especially the weekends, they're so quiet. You actually have to make plans now. Yeah, I yeah. I can't can't it's afford terrible. to keep going to the pub and just talk to each other. You sort of run yeah. out of things to say after a while. <laughs> well, I think I think our big debate is VAR at the minute, isn't it? Like you want VAR completely scrapped. Like you're, that's, yeah, needs, that's I your... think it needs to be ripped out and started again. Personally, they just use it wrong. Whereas I think it's it's a good tool. It's just there's human error in it, and that can all be sort of ironed out. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's been a really good tool, to be fair, because some of the games I've watched and you kind of think without it, we wouldn't have had those decisions. Mm. But it's just one of those things The you know, it's only been in for a few years now. You know, these things are always going to have teething problems. And I think within time, those teething problems will work itself out because, you know, human error, it happens. You know, we all make these mistakes every day in our jobs, but unfortunately, the people that are making them mm. at times are in the spotlight. It's just one of those things. But I think I think it's been amazing. But I think in time it, it will be even better and it will get to a point where there won't be any problems. But the thing is, you can have a ref. You know, everyone's got a different opinion these days of how things are seen angle wise. And, you know, you can have all the angles and you can still have 100 different opinions on them. Mm-hmm. So no one is ever going to agree. <laughs> so, and I think we've all got a got to come to that conclusion at some point exactly although you know against Brentford when you you're marking the wrong man against Arsenal that's that's obviously when maybe I did change my mind for a slight second that, that was really frustrating hey guys please make sure that you're following us across all of our social media platforms we're on Instagram we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter uh, so make sure you follow us so you don't miss a single thing 
Uh, for Instagram, it is at football.podcast. For Twitter, at football.pod. Or just search us on Facebook, the Football Drop Podcast. Um, and, and sort of obviously we're in transfer season at the minute. Lots of players seem to be heading towards Saudi Arabia as well. Do you have any thoughts on, on that and what's going to be happening there? No, not really. I mean, I just it's, it's the money, isn't it, over there, clearly? It's the money aspect. I mean, whether, you know, it, at one point they were all heading out to the UAE. They were all joining, you know, teams out there at one point. So this is like a new fashion essentially right now with money isn't it so you know but the thing is when you do head out to these countries sometimes your career goes missing doesn't it a little bit it's you know my dad was out in the UAE for a few years and once you're in like a different league a different country different time zone you know you kind of you're on a whole new wavelength of things so you know whether these players go on out there to play amazing football or they just go out there to earn money it, only time will tell with these kind of things. Just seems yeah. a bit different with Saudi, doesn't it? Because you had, so like you say, you had the UAE. I think before that you had China, then you had MLS. But it was kind of where you went to end your career. But now with with Saudi, you seem to have like players like Ruben Neves, who is yeah, like peak that. career, and, it, and yeah. he's moved across. I'm just like I, I can't yeah. fathom that. Yeah, I mean it'll either be that they, you know, they start to play some amazing football over there, and we'll all be watching it, mm. or they'll all start to make their way back next season and you know back to the Premier League and back to other leagues across the world you know it, it will be interesting any time we'll tell with these things yeah yeah, yeah. Out. anything else from you Ooh, put me on the spot now uh, I don't think so no I think probably I did and then you said that and now <laughs> I've got, oh, no, I don't know my mind's gone blank um, the, the only one for me is uh, firstly I'll say a massive thank you for coming on yeah thank you uh, really do appreciate it but I just want to ask who who you think is going to win the Premier League next season. Bearing in mind there's two Arsenal fans here. Do you know what? We've said good I was things very... about Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'll be honest. I I generally thought you were going to win it last season. Like there was visions of you know Arteta lifting that trophy at one point, mm. and I generally think that was like the start of of what he is creating at Arsenal. Like it's. Do you know, to watch you last season was a really good time. Yeah. And we'd think... actually planned to go to the open top bus, which never happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, that was a disappointment. Not, not no, we'll be between you and City again this season. I hope you're right. I do hope you're right. Yeah, I think I don't think Chelsea will come close this year because I think Poch will now be in his mm. creative building era. Yeah. I think Klopp is going into another creating building era by yeah. the transfers out of Liverpool. So I think you know Man United. I still think they're. I still think they're kind of in their era of still creating what Ferguson left. Yeah, take a while. Well, yeah. I suppose it depends on the, uh, the buyout of the club as well, really, doesn't it? In, in terms yeah. of the direction that goes, that's still rumbling on for what's taken a while isn't it forever now isn't it yeah yeah um and then there's tottenham you know yeah it's it's a strange phase i know we we do bash tottenham a little bit on here i must say but (laughs) i think and foster is a fantastic manager Mm. i think what he did at celtic coming in buying players that no one had ever heard of obviously he'd worked Mm. with a lot of these players back in japan and knew knew of them in the league and things and and to bring them over there and play the way they've played and just to dominate as much as they did, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm quietly sad that he's gone there, but also for him personally, I'm quite happy about it. It's just a shame <laughs> he's gone there. I wanted him to be another manager that, that turned Tottenham down, really. One from me, do you think Arsenal can win it this season? Do you think they can? I think we need a bit more depth because obviously Champions League football, um, we, we need to make some big signings. Hopefully Declan Rice goes through and we're not pipped to the post. But yeah, I think I think Havertz, when that goes through, that's going to be a quality signing for us, a bit more depth, creativity. Um, and yeah, it looks like Timber's going to go through as well. So we're getting a bit more depth in numbers there. So I think we've got a really good chance to continue the way we were. Yeah, um, I just hope that the end of last season kind of blip doesn't affect the confidence going into the new season. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm a bit more reserved uh, than what Will is. I think it's just the the depth thing. I could I totally agree with. It's one of those we need 
better players um, to come in. We need people to come into our, our starting eleven for me, and then those players drop to the bench because they are good players. If we can get better players like Rice as a prime example coming in, then you know someone like El Nenny, who I think has been great for the club, but he's not of that top calibre. You know, if we're fighting for you know not just Champions League place but Premier League winners, you know positions, we need players that are born winners. You know, he's done very mm. well last season getting Zinchenko and Jesus in, for example, who obviously transformed the mentality of the club, which is absolutely amazing. But yeah, you know, as we all said, we did have a bit of a blip towards the end. But I do believe we're capable of it, but I think, you know, so many more games coming through. If we get a cup run and finish second, I think I'd still be pretty content with that. Personally, but wait and see. Always wait and pessimistic, see. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anything else from you, Rebecca? So I realise we've just obviously fired loads of yeah. questions at you today. Um, so yeah, anything else from you? Who do you think would get relegated from the Premier League this season? Oh, that is a good question. Who I, would be your early nominations? I think I think Luton. I hate to say it, but I do think Luton are going to struggle in the league. But you know, we probably said that would about about Brentford and. Yeah, Luton will probably get top ten. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Luton. I, do worry about them. I think Forest will be in trouble next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking, who else? Possibly Everton. Do you think oh, really? they've had two seasons now where they're really scratching around that bottom three, bottom four? Yeah, um, and they haven't got that much money to spend this season either. No, uh, well, no. just from from what I'm reading online. So I think those three. How about you? I can't call it right now. It's I hard, just, you know, it? you can't put us on the spot and say that. <laughs> I've got a really funny feeling about Luton, though. I've just got a feeling that they, you know, they, you know, Manchester United going to Luton on mm. a Tuesday night is completely out of their comfort zone, isn't? Isn't it? Anything yeah, yeah. going to Luton is going to be completely out of their comfort zone. You know, the dressing room, the stadium, you know, all of that stuff. They've you know, it's, they travel to the Luton kind of stadiums on FA Cup games, don't they? Yeah. And some of the FA Cup games, they get beaten by the underdog. And I just feel yeah. like Luton have got, there's something in them that this season, I think maybe they won't be this team that gets relegated. That's a good point. Joe, you know I'd, I'd love to... I'd love to see you be improved right there. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I really I would. Would. It's, you know, I, I guess it's probably from you know the the reporter journalist side of you as well that loves obviously to have that story. I suppose. Um, you know, I just just love the underdog. There's just yeah. nothing better. And even you know Coventry Luton uh, playoff the uh, playoff final anyway was amazing to watch because mm-hmm. the team had a story. You know Coventry's got all this lovely archive and history in the Premier League anyway, but Luton coming up, it's just you know grassroots from you know from what they've come up to is just unbelievable yeah breaking new ground aren't they Literally. yeah yeah be and a few I, shock results be yeah a few shock i generally think teams will struggle to play there next season i generally think you know the bigger teams like man city you will struggle to go there next season and make a game of it because you'll be completely out of your comfort zone i mean the dressing rooms and stuff you know they're not yeah, not what you the showers you know they yeah. <laughs> Some of the foreign players will not know what's hit them when they turn up to Luton. No, you know, walking through Dave the Plumber next door and you're like next yeah, to the stadium. Yeah. The boys will all have been through this because they would have been in grassroots and been on loan at these kind of clubs, but the foreign yeah. players will be shocked. Mm, yeah, really that's a really so, good point. That's a really good feel, shout. feel like, yeah, that whole atmosphere of Luton next season. The, the fans are just crazy, aren't they, as well? Mm, yeah. Crazy bunch. So I feel like there'll be a few shock results next season for them. Yeah, I think losing West Ham could be a spicy game. Oh, given yeah. The, given the fan bases, that could be a spicy one. <laughs> yeah. Um, against Arsenal, it won't be. We don't have any fans like that. So. No. We sort of no. Let, them, let them through the house or something, no us fans. <laughs> um, but no, Rebecca, thank you again for coming on. Um, no, thank we'll, you. Um, much appreciated. Thank you so much. Time. Take care. Bye. You take care. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please give us five star on your podcast provider, whatever one that may be, and help us hashtag drop the pod. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.